Star Wars 7x7 episode 3487. Today it's the fourth in our series of dives into the story mode of Star Wars Squadrons and it is the last of the New Republic episodes for a while because the whole Project Starhawk thing is going to get revealed and it's not so much what actually happens during the mission but the stuff that happens before and after that's pretty interesting for our purposes here on the podcast. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So we are in the fourth episode of our Star Wars Squadrons story mode walkthrough, <laughs> as it were. And this is going to be the last New Republic one for a while because we're going to switch over to the Empire or the remnant thereof. But if you recall when we talked about the story that happened in yesterday's episode there was a mission to recover an imperial star destroyer well when you get back to the temperance you're able to join a conversation between Frisk, the Trandoshan pilot that's part of Vanguard Squadron, and Lyndon Javes. Frisk very much wants to know what the deal is with this Star Destroyer, where it's going, and Lyndon Javes won't tell him, says it's classified. Frisk is really mad about this, says that, you know, we've put in all this work and risked all this stuff, and you're not going to tell us, like, that's not cool. This is a situation where, I mean, I have not looked ahead at what the rest of the story is, so I know that the game is going to switch over to you playing as an Imperial, and I'm already wondering if Frisk is going to end up selling out Vanguard Squadron somehow, because why the heck does he need to know, and why the heck does he need to make a big deal out of it, basically? You know, stories these days just kind of train us to be looking for these situations, or we've been trained, I guess, at this point, with all the twists and turns and plotting and various storytelling things happening over the last 40 years. Now we're just kind of looking for this stuff. Can't just enjoy it straight up. But then, but then, there is a code yellow received from the Imperial Star Destroyer, the Victorum, and so Lyndon says, get Vanguard in here now. And so what happens is, it turns out, the hyperdrive failed and the Star Destroyer Victorum is still behind enemy lines. Now I know the Empire has been defeated at the Battle of Endor, but there's still a whole nother year of fighting that happens before the Galactic Concordance gets signed and that's the official end of the Galactic Civil War. But in the meantime, you're in the midst of it still. So the Star Destroyer is somewhere beyond enemy lines. They don't say where it actually dropped out. We don't get a system name or anything like that, but when you get there, it looks like they're had been some sort of, you know, dockyard or space station or something that's been trashed, essentially. So, not sure what's going on there. I'd be curious to know what happened with all of that, to be sure. But anyway, you're supposed to fly with Vanguard Squadron to the Victorum and defend it because there's an Imperial fleet on its way, presumably to take it back, except that when you get there, with all of the cruisers and ties and shuttles that they're sending after it, it seems like they're trying to capture it, but then it seems like, nope, they've just decided the heck with it. They're going to try and destroy it and keep it from falling into New Republic hands. Now, it probably won't come as a surprise to you that 
as part of the gameplay, your mission is to defend it and help it escape, and that's what happens. So it ends up escaping and going to a place called the Nadiri Dockyards, and that's where we find out what is going on with Project Starhawk. They are dismantling Imperial Star Destroyers and creating a brand new battleship, a ginormous battleship, which they call the Starhawk, and you find that out from none other than General Hera Syndulla herself. So she makes her first appearance toward the end of this segment of the storytelling and says you know she'd give you a tour of the Nadiri dockyards but the Empire is now aware that something is up and they're gonna be hunting for us so we've got a lot of work to do and that's pretty much how the storytelling ends and the Nadiri dockyards are around something called the Ringali Nebula, which Frisk says, why would anybody want to be here? <laughs> and it's pretty obvious why, because it's out of the way of prying eyes, basically. So they're trying to build this thing in secret, but it's probably not going to stay a secret for very long. So... Like I said, that's pretty much the story mode stuff, but what happens prior to you going on the mission, one of the cool things about Star Wars Squadrons is you get to have these conversations with the other characters, and there's some very interesting stuff that happens in those. Probably, I will say, the least interesting is the conversation you have with Lyndon and with Ardo, the fleet intelligence officer, where the fleet intelligence officer is kind of berating himself, saying, like, it's my fault, you know, I underestimated what it was going to take to repair the hyperdrive, and, you know, I should have sent more engineers, and I'll requisition Hosnian Prime for more engineers, so it's kind of fun to get a Hosnian Prime little name check there. And then you also get to have a conversation with Frisk and another one of the pilots, Keo, in the squadron. Keo is a Moralian, and if you are familiar with Barasafi, for example, from the prequel trilogy, that's probably the best known you know, example of a Moralian character. Keo seems to think that the Imperials who had been on board the Victorum may have sabotaged the hyperdrive prior to them being escorted off the ship. <laughs> we don't know what happened to those Imperials, they're just taken off the ship, but you know, knowing the New Republic, they were probably brought to some, you know, prison or processing facility or something like that. If it had been the Empire, they would have just thrown everybody out of the airlock, basically. So anyway, Keo says that uh, Moralians are, you know, all taught to listen to and respect the Force and that they don't necessarily get anything like, uh, what am I trying to say? The kind of uh, reaching out and touching the Force and being able to control it, like, they say they don't get to do that, but that they do occasionally get hunches or feelings, and Frisk says, oh yeah, and those feelings are usually right, but it doesn't necessarily get proven right in this particular case. Nobody says anything about why it is that the hyperdrive went out. And I'll also mention that Keo says they don't really talk about this feeling business because you never know who's listening, and knowing what the Empire does with Force-sensitive people, yeah, I don't really <laughs> blame them about that. But Probably the most interesting conversation that happens is with Gunny, the leader of Vanguard Squadron, who is a Mimbanese character. And Gunny tells a story about being stuck behind enemy lines. Like, oh yeah, I remember the first time I was stuck behind enemy lines was on Mimben in the Clone Wars. And so you get a connection to the Clone Wars out of this story that... The Separatists had dropped a bunch of B-2 battle droids that cut them off from the 224th Clone Division. This is not necessarily important for the Clone Wars because it only gets depicted like in a comic book basically one time, but it's going to be important for another story in just a moment. 
And she tells the story how she, you know, crashed in a skyhopper behind enemy lines and her arm was trapped in there. She was like, you know, I'd rather lose the arm than get captured by the droid. So that's why she has a cybernetic arm. So you get the implication that she cut off her own arm basically to escape. And ultimately she reconnected with the 224th clones and got herself fixed up and then they drove the Separatists off planet. Later on, this was in the first year of the Clone Wars, but later on the 224th Clone Division turns into the 224th Imperial Division and that is the group of Imperials that you see fighting on Mimbam in Solo, a Star Wars story. That's the group that Tobias Beckett had infiltrated and pretended to be a part of. That's the group that Han Solo was a part of. And the story is kind of a, a twist on basically Cassie and Andor's story, for example, in the sense that Cassian talked about, you know, being in the fight since he was six years old, but he was on a world that was controlled by the Separatists and they were unhappy about the Republic and the clones being on their planet. And he was already fighting the clones before then they turned to the Empire. So he was basically fighting the same group of people. But, you know, with uh, with Gunny here, it was a little bit of the opposite. Started, you know, fighting against the Separatists and for the clones. But then when the clones turned against them and became the Empire, then, you know, then they were part of the Mimini's Liberation Army and fighting against the Empire. And the last little tidbit of trivia to mention here is that there is a character named Ayacento who is described as an elder with the Mimbanese. And that character was operating from a tribe in the Nanth Flatlands. And that is the place where Gunny says that her Skyhopper had gone down in the midst of the fighting between the clones and the battle droids during that first year of the Clone Wars on Mimban. And so that's what I've got to share with you that I think is worth interesting in highlighting from the story mode of Star Wars Squadrons, this third mission and the final mission for now at least for the New Republic situation. Things are going to switch over to the Empire side of the house in the next round of storytelling. We'll get there in a moment, but that's going to do it for this episode of the show. If you have enjoyed the podcast for any length of time, then I hope you'll consider following or subscribing. Join the community here, just however the particular app you use likes to <laughs> describe that word. Please consider following or joining or subscribing. And then if you would consider leaving a rating or a review on your app of choice, that also helps more people discover the podcast with the whole algorithm thing and all that stuff. And if you are considering even one more step, it would be wonderful if you would share the podcast with other friends and people you're connected with on social media who might be interested in a daily dose of Star Wars joy. And so it just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the podcast as always, and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited by their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the Force be with them. All original content is copyrighted by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.